Want your boss to put some real action behind the rhetoric when they talk about making your workplace more inclusive? Find out how to hold their feet to the fire and demand diversity on the Diversity Dude podcast. Hello there, and welcome back to the Diversity Dude podcast. I'm your host, Lambert Fisher, marriage family therapist, award-winning author, and national speaker on the topic of multicultural awareness and diversity. And for those of you who are interested in even more positive and encouraging tips and strategies beyond which I offer on podcasts like this, then feel free to check out my award-winning book, Diversity in Clinical Practice, nationally recognized for the unique way in which it addresses the often difficult topic of multicultural awareness and diversity. Designed for more than just therapists, if you are a helping professional in any way, Diversity in Clinical Practice can help you meet the greatest variety of cultural needs possible for those whom you serve, and it's available in paper and audiobook versions for your convenience. And whether it be through one of my one-on-one relationship building efforts as a therapist or my informing and empowering efforts as an author or speaker, know that my personal mission is to improve the world one strengthened relationship at a time. So today I want to share with you a few encouraging words on clarifying misunderstandings about reparations. Yes, recently, the City Council of St. Paul unanimously voted to create the St. Paul Recovery Act Community Reparations Commission whose task will be to recommend ways for the city to make reparations for Black residents whose ancestors were enslaved. A small but growing number of other cities, states, and institutions across the country have begun initiating similar endeavors to, at the very least, officially start conversations exploring what's even reasonably possible regarding reparations. A 2022 research report showed that many people have difficult opinions, of course, regarding who bears the responsibility for reparations from the federal government to businesses, banks and educational institutions that historically have benefited from slavery, uh, down to direct descendants who uh, engaged in the slave trade. In addition, the form in which these reparations would be best and most ethically offered is debated as well, with considerations from educational scholarships and financial assistance starting and improving businesses to financial assistance buying and improving homes to direct cash payments. All that being said, the underlying foundation of these explorations is the acknowledgement that reparations is even an idea worth considering. Unfortunately, uh, very common myths and misunderstandings frequently derail healthy conversations and hinder even agreement that the exploration is even worth it. Without agreement on this, every new proposed idea will not only be evaluated based on its cost and benefit, but it will also have to repeatedly justify why reparations is even necessary. And it is here where I want to share a few thoughts, clarifying a few of the common misunderstanding barriers that hinder healthy reparations conversations. While this in no way has to be a complete justification for reparations, uh, or nor does it claim to have uh, all the ultimate solutions, that, that's not my, my role, uh, but that's where many task forces and commissions come in to do this a lot more effectively than I can. They're diligently seeking the solutions. Instead, I rather seek to support those efforts by reducing some of the misunderstandings that get in the way of the conversations themselves between the individuals doing the brainstorming and the solution finding. Now, my perspective comes from my role as a therapist, of course, where I often hear many of the unfiltered views people have about many things, uh, including personal, relational, professional, political, and more. And when a topic of reparations arises, in addition to the various arguments and ideas that get proposed on multiple sides of this admittedly difficult topic, there are also a multitude of feelings that get expressed that influence the conversation. 
many times these feelings are not only what motivates the generation of the actual solutions, but they also contribute to how others' ideas and recommendations are interpreted, influencing the effectiveness of the conversation just as much as the logical arguments being proposed. When these feelings are misunderstood, the ideas and arguments that get proposed get misunderstood and progress, no matter what it looks like, is impossible. So in order to assist in increasing the amount of healthy conversations and problem solving on this difficult topic of reparations, not only by the established commissions, if you happen to be a part of one, but also the conversations that happen at home or in the workplace. I want to share a few thoughts and clarify myths and misunderstandings about the people who may be conversing with you on these topics. Misunderstanding number one. Supporting reparations is not the same as wanting an unwarranted, unearned handout. While I certainly can't account for the motives of every individual, it is important to know and hear that for many, supporting reparations is not an attempt at a quick money grab in an effort to avoid short-term or long-term hard work. Many of those who support reparations are not only hard workers themselves, but are those who have achieved what many on the outside of those relationships consider to be career success. That being said, what is also acknowledged is that many of those individuals who have genuine wealth today have it because of a legacy of knowledge and resources that have been built up over time, has an impact today, and is structured to be able to continue to have an impact for years to come. Even though the institution of slavery in this country, the way it was previously structured, has ended, the impact can still be felt. For while there are definitely a multitude of opportunities that are available now that were not available then, African Americans had to then start with little to nothing. In an environment where the opportunities to build upon what they had were restricted, and thus what was able to be built upon in, the, in that same way to be passed down to continue to benefit those who came after them, was also restricted. Financial professionals can better describe than me the benefits of investing, compounded interest, and more in such a way as to convey that if the same wealth-building opportunities were available to African Americans then, the compounded growth opportunities and resources available today would be significantly different, impacting everyone available today. As a result, those expressing frustration today that they don't have the benefit that others have of their hard work today being enhanced by the same hard work of those who came before them are not seeking a handout for what they have not earned. Rather, they're seeking a way to finally and similarly benefit from the hard work of their ancestors who came before them. Misunderstanding number two, supporting reparations is not the same thing uh, as wanting to uh, or not not supporting reparations is not the same thing as wanting to oppress another group. Some opposing rep reparations are not actually opposing the logical arguments of why reparations has historical merit, nor are they arguing that it is best for some to have opportunities and others not, which naturally leads people to defend themselves reasonably against apparent oppression or racist ideas and, and practices. The feeling being Hey, if you suppose if you oppose reparations, you're opposing me and my well-being. Although, unfortunately, that's sometimes exactly what people are expressing. Many times, resistance to reparations is more about the fear of how it would impact them. No matter where you stand on this idea of reparations, it's common to acknowledge that the solution is not easy. Lump sum dollar amounts without the knowledge of how to invest or the structures and resources to even support generational wealth being are imperfect. 
Where funds would or should come from is often debated. Even quantifying an amount is often divisive. All the while, what often stops healthy exploration is the feeling that, you see, I can't support this idea of reparations because giving you something might mean taking something from me. And I may not have the historical legacy that you have, but my life isn't perfect. I, I don't have everything handed to me. Any service, new service that's created that could benefit you could also benefit me and my family. Why should you get additional help? Now, not only that, but in addition to the previous arguments being shared, there's often this fear that acknowledging, even acknowledging the justification of reparations in the first place means that I have to acknowledge that I am a part of a group that has a history of oppressing others, so much so that I'm now responsible for making up for it, and I can't support that idea. To this, I say, first, I agree in a sense that if you didn't do it, then feeling responsible may not be the best word to describe how you should feel. But instead of worried about the limits of responsibility, it is a little bit more reasonable to acknowledge the benefit of being accountable, not out of personal fault, but out of an opportunity to do now what should have been done before. In some ways in life, it is better late than never, which leads to misunderstanding number three. Reparations cannot make up for the past. Often, many people argue against reparations with the logic that it's so complicated with who should do what and when and how much. It was, as a matter of fact, I'll even acknowledge that slavery was so significant of an impact that no amount of money can change or erase the past. Let's just wipe the slate clean, call it even, start fresh. That was then, this is now, nobody owes anybody else anything. And to a certain extent, there's merit with the argument that no amount of money can make it right. The history of slavery in this country was devastating then, and its impact continues to be reflected in many aspects of life today. That being said, it is the reality that justifies why some solution, even an imperfect one, needs to be had. Not because reparations will erase the past and its impact but because there is no statute of limitations on accountability. Reparations may not change the past, but it isn't too late to acknowledge the past, identify the ways in which it can, we can reduce the continued negative impact of that past and increase the likelihood of a better future starting now. My hope for you, no matter what side of this argument you may find yourself to be on, that you will be able to do your best to see the legitimate hopes and needs, as well as the fears and cautions of yourself, as well as those whom you're conversing with, and offer clarification when possible, reassurance when possible, of your mutual care for everyone's well-being, even though what needs may occur may be different, not just for some, but for everyone. Throughout the discussion, throughout the brainstorming process, you may not be the one to identify the perfect solution, but maybe you can be the one to contribute to a stronger and healthier relationship interaction that may occur in the meantime while we're seeking solutions for everyone in a better future. And with that, I'll say thanks again for listening to the Diversity Do podcast. If you have any pressing diversity-related questions or concerns that you'd like me to address in an upcoming podcast, or if your organization is in need of a shame-free or empowering guest speaker or training on this often sensitive and difficult topic, then feel free to reach out to me directly at www.lambertsfisher.com.
And if you know of anyone else who can benefit from a positive and encouraging perspective on this often difficult topic of diversity, then feel free to send them a link to this podcast to be encouraged as well, or consider sharing with them my award-winning book, Diversity in Clinical Practice, available in paper and audiobook formats. And I look forward to addressing as many topics as possible in future podcasts to help you improve as many relationships as possible at work, at home, and in your community. And as always, remember this, you don't need to know everything about everyone in order to have a positive impact on someone. Thank you all for tuning in and have a great day. Tune in each week and find out how to demand and implement diversity at your job. To hear more, check out previous Diversity Dude shows on ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. You deserve more internet than what you get from just your cell phone. Get free high-speed internet at home, a $29.95 value, when you qualify for Internet Essentials Plus and the Affordable Connectivity Program. Enjoy more streaming, gaming, and video chatting on more devices for free. With unlimited data and a wireless gateway included at no extra cost. No fees, no taxes, and no annual contract. Connect to more of what you love for free with Xfinity and the Affordable Connectivity Program. Click, call, or visit a store to learn more. New Year, more money, honey. Are you a minority or women-owned business in the Twin Cities and ready to take your business to the next level? Then I got the perfect opportunity for you. Hy-Vee's Opportunity Inclusive Business Summit is taking place on Thursday, February 9th at U.S. Bank Stadium's Polaris Room in a space donated by your Minnesota Vikings. This summit will be a day full of networking and professional development activities. The day also will include a pitch competition where local minority and women-owned businesses will showcase their products or services for the chance to win up to $30,000. You heard that right, $30,000. As a matter of fact, Hy-Vee is still taking submissions to be considered for the pitch competition, but time is running out. Go to HyVOpportunitySummit.com by Thursday, January 12th to submit your application for your chance to pitch your product or business and win up to $30,000. 2023 is your year to jumpstart your small business. Register now for Hy-Vee's Opportunity Inclusive Business Summit at HyVOpportunitySummit.com to attend the expo and network with other business professionals. And if you're ready to win some money for your business, submit your application for the pitch competition for a chance to win up to $30,000. Register now and get your spot at Hy-Vee's Opportunity Inclusive Summit by Thursday, February 9th at U.S. Bank Stadium's Polaris Room. Space donated by your Minnesota Vikings. Did you know that United Healthcare helps connect you to doctors and therapists with 24-7 access to virtual care? So I could have therapy from my couch? Yep. Or a doctor appointment for my car? If you wanted to. Wait, you're right. I don't even like when people see me sing in the car. Couch appointment it is. Virtual visits are just one of the ways United Healthcare helps connect you to better health. Learn more at UHC.com. Plan benefits may vary. You started your business with big dreams and big ideas. But achieving your goals is a matter of doing the little things right. At Bremer Bank, we're ready to help you navigate all the details, questions, and challenges you encounter on your way to growth and success. Because right now, relationships matter more than ever. And understanding is everything. Find out more at bremer.com. It's never too late to set the stage for well-being. Here's your well-being tip of the day from YMCA of the North. Put mindfulness in your tool belt. Mindfulness is a method of paying attention and bringing awareness to whatever is happening at the moment. 
Be open to the idea of being present and honest with yourself. Observe what's happening rather than trying to control what's happening. We reduce our stress, anxiety, and negative emotions when observing rather than get overly flustered in our reactions. For more well-being tips, meditation, and yoga classes, visit us at ymcanorth.org forward slash well-being. It's time we get back into the family business and become bus drivers. Metro Transit is looking for operators. So get on over to their hiring event on Saturday, February 4th from 9 until noon at the new North Loop Garage in Minneapolis on 8th Avenue. You can apply in person and get interviewed on the spot. And here's the best part. You can test drive one of their 40-foot Metro Transit buses. And don't worry, staff members will be on hand to help you navigate that thing. But you got this. And they've got up to a $5,000 sign-on bonus for you if you get hired. Now, all y'all know, we got kinfolk who have been Metro Transit bus drivers. Either your uncle, your cousin, grandpa, somebody. And they always had extra money in their pocket because this job pays well. And they've got good benefits. It's time we get back into the family business and become drivers. So get on over to the Metro Transit Bus Operator Hiring Event on Saturday, February 4th from 9 until noon and apply for one of these positions. You don't need experience and they'll pay for your training. You can't beat that. Just make sure you bring a valid driver's license and bring a friend. The more, the merrier. For more info, just go to metrotransit.org slash drive. 